0: Today's Gospel reading is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. Hear this Gospel story. As he, Jesus, walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his
1: parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned he was born blind so that god's works might be revealed in him we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day night is coming when no one can work as long as i am in the world i am the light of the world when he had said this he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eye, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar
0: began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No,
1: but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I wept and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought
0: to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the
1: Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes. Then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not
0: from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened.
1: He said, he is a prophet.
0: The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind?
1: How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already... Agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples?
0: Then they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from.
1: The man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing.
0: They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, do you
1: believe in the son of man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and that those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin.
0: But now that you say we see, your sin remains.
1: The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: Friends, let us pray. Gracious God, your word does not return to you empty. As we ponder your story in scripture, enliven us by your grace and empower us by your promises. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This story of Jesus healing the blind man is one of my favorites in all of the Gospels. If it had been told by Matthew, Mark, or Luke, it would be told quickly. After Jesus encounters the man who cannot see, he would put mud on the man's eyes, cause him to regain his physical sight. Everyone would be amazed, shouting, we've never seen anything like this before. Jesus would go on his way, and the Gospel of John would move on to the next episode but it doesn't do that. John spins the story out and spills a lot more ink on the healing's aftermath. He gives us a comedy of misunderstandings and misinterpretations that rank right up there with some of the great farces of all times. And in doing so, he gives us the opportunity to see more, so much more than meets the eye. So much more that despite all appearances to the contrary, God is still at work. Today we view this story with a lens that we've never looked through before. One shaped by the ongoing saga of COVID-19. I wanna thank everyone who responded to my Facebook request for some sermon crowdsourcing. You came through you shared over 45 rich insights that help put our collective experience into conversation with this particular text. It's become a strange and surreal world, hasn't it?
1: At best, we're isolated
0: at home, which for some leaves you with little to no human contact and for others say, Parents with kids at home maybe leaves you with a little more human contact than you would sometimes like. You might be a youth who's suddenly cut off from your friends because school has been closed. Maybe you're disappointed because your graduation has been canceled. Maybe you're in a retirement community or a care facility that's closed. We are praying for all of you in your sense of isolation and we invite you to reach out to us whenever you need to. Some of you are struggling to come up to speed with new technology so are we so that you can teach or do your work or just stay connected and others will have to rely on that good old-fashioned telephone call or a card in the mail. We pray for Some of you are on the front lines of the pandemic. You serve in healthcare and other essential services. We thank God for you, and we pray for your safety and your well-being every single day. Some of you fall into the at-risk or vulnerable designations. Live with the particular kind of fear that that engenders, which can even include fear of other people. We, too, pray fervently for your health and flourishing. This pandemic has undone us all. We know there's more to come. We just don't know what and how much. We ask ourselves if we're overreacting or if we're just one more illness or one more job loss away from economic and food insecurity. These are the fears that we have. We name them before God because God cares about them. We name what we see the brokenness of the world that fear reveals, the government and institutions aren't fully prepared, the selfish impulses lead us toward more than our fair share, to protect ourselves without regard for others. is laid there before our very eyes. We see things we haven't seen before. Things that we don't want to see. And at the same time, we need to be able to see more. More than we ever have before. We need to see something holy and redemptive in the middle of suffering, both real and anticipated. We long for Jesus to reach out, to put mud over our eyes, to wash it away and open our eyes anew to what God is doing in these strange, strange times. For in the story that John tells, the mud is only the beginning. Physical sight is just the start of the man's ability to see.
1: No one knows how this has
0: happened, and Jesus vanishes from the scene as quickly as he entered. And as everyone struggles to comprehend, as they relentlessly interrogate him and his parents, as everyone tries to figure out all of the hows, the healed man can't answer the questions they keep firing at him. How did this happen? How can someone who violates the Sabbath bring healing? How did he open your eyes? How, how, how? I don't know. I don't know, he says, but one thing I do know. I was blind, and now I see. It's enough to drive them all crazy, so what do they do? They kick the man out of the community. They sent him into isolation, forced social distancing. What is he going to do now? How will he support himself? As a blind man, he could beg and eat out a meager living, but now that he can see and he's driven from his community, how will he support himself? There are so many unknowns for him, too. But it's here, in his place of isolation, that Jesus comes back to him. It's here, in his place of loneliness, that Jesus seeks him out. It's here, in quarantine, where Jesus meets him face to face, once again, and the man can now truly see, spiritually, not just physically. He sees not only what he could not see before, he sees who he could not see before. He sees God revealed in his midst. Maybe that's our cure for living in these uncertain days of this pandemic. We may not get the answers we want for how long this will last or how bad it will be or how it will end, or when we will come out on the other side. But the scripture story tells us who it is that seeks us out, who is with us every step of the way, who extends grace and healing in the midst of this crisis, and helps us to see what we haven't been able to see before.
1: In my Friday Facebook question, I asked, What
0: do you see? in the midst of this pandemic that you haven't been able to see before? And you answered. So I invite you to hear your own testimony that God is still at work. You said you have a new understanding of what drove your parents and grandparents to stretch and even hoard resources and never waste a thing. Compulsion shaped by their insecurities during the Great Depression. You said that you now get it. That you now see what you couldn't see before. You see profit-driven companies becoming charitable, offering free internet students, upping Wi-Fi bandwidth, giving away food, donating protective medical gear, repurposing facilities to make hand sanitizer or face masks, calling back workers. You see what you couldn't see before. You see free bus rides and sidewalk chalk messages of encouragement drawn by children. You see that the predictability of the daily grind can actually be a good thing. You see the benefits that can come with more time at home, time to pause, time to reconnect with calls and video chats, time to actually see your neighbors pull together to get through this. You see unusual things, that peanut butter can help you fall asleep and so can tart cherry juice. Who knew? You see that you need laughter around you, and that you miss the sounds of people's voices. That sunshine helps your mental health. You see and treasure more deeply the work of ordinary people—of restaurant cooks and hairstylists and trainers and musicians and custodians. You see that their financial well-being matters, and you resolve to pay more attention. You see. How God-given gifts of imagination and creativity have led to new technology that brings us together in the midst of our isolation. You've seen the helpers that Fred Rogers told people to look for in times of crisis. You see how our ministries of food and compassion and love for the world must go on because that's exactly what Jesus calls us to do because that is where we will see Jesus. You want to see the ways that our dining room, ministry and food cupboard have adapted their protocols to keep feeding hungry people and still minimize health risks. And then there was this response, and they quote, I've always believed that life gets more beautiful in times of pain. Look at how much more vibrant the colors look when it rains and how much greener Highland Park looks after the rain. We have to hope and have faith. It's what keeps people alive. Now the truth is we may not all be able to see that, at least not right now. Sometimes we need one another to see for us to see what we can't see ourselves. That's a particular role and gift of a faith community. Sometimes we need the testimony of others to bear witness to the truth that we can't always see. That no matter what, God is not constrained by what we can or can't see. And the work of God will be revealed of fear and anxiety and pain. Even though the valleys that we walk through are shaded and dark, and we can't see the way forward. God is with us. Jesus seeks us out. He stretches out his hand. He is ready to put mud on our eyes and, most of all, that we may see him like we have never seen him before. Amen.